Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Lorna Green. Lorna was born in Scotland, but she's made the world her home. She's best known for laughing loudly, and sometimes she'll talk so fast it's hard to tell if she's still breathing. Lorna is a yin yoga teacher and NLP master practitioner who loves nothing more than combining yogic wisdom with science-backed mindset techniques to help you stress less and accomplish more. In the episode, she shares the power of yin yoga amidst our busy world, the difference between yin and restorative yoga, how to practice yin yoga at home, and more. Before we get to the episode, I quickly want to share one of my favorite resources with you, Dry Farm Wines. Did you know that alcohol manufacturers aren't required to post ingredients or nutrition facts labels on their bottles? That's how they're able to sneak in sugar and other additives to their products. Fortunately, Dry Farm Wines has come up with a solution. Their natural wines are lab-tested to ensure they're sugar-free, lower in sulfites and alcohol, and also free from other industrial additives. Since I've grown accustomed to drinking natural wine, even the top-rated expensive conventional wines can give me headaches and just make me feel pretty gross. If you've never tried Dry Farm Wines, you're going to be immediately hooked by the flavor and quality of their products, as well as their top-notch customer service. To get a bottle of Dry Farm Wines for just a penny, Visit dryfarmwines.com slash the health investment, or just click through the link in my show notes. And one more thing, if you've been dieting for years, but nothing you've tried has helped you keep the weight off long-term, I'm so glad you're hearing this right now because outside of hosting this podcast, I help people lose weight for the last time without giving up carbs, counting every calorie, drinking meal replacement shakes, or other unsustainable extremes. Unlike diets, apps, and programs that are one-size-fits-all and only provide short-term results, I guide you through my holistic 3A approach so that you can develop effortless, evidence-based habits that work for your unique lifestyle, feel completely in control around food, and start showing up as the trimmest, healthiest, most confident, most energized version of yourself. You can learn more about my group and one-on-one coaching programs at thehealthinvestment.com. And please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. I always love hearing from you. All right, let's hear from Lorna. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson, Certified Nutrition Coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. 
Hi, Lorna. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast all the way from Scotland. It's a pleasure to be here, Brooke. Thank you for having me. Of course. You're the first guest from Scotland and we just had some technical issues. So hopefully this is going to work this time. I don't know what's going on. We've, we've, we've got the, the tech gremlins are done. We have exercised them and we are good to go. I can feel it. I feel it in my bones. I agree. It is always weird to me though, when you record with somebody across the world and then I'm always shocked when something will happen with tech. But then I guess sometimes it kind of makes sense, right? <laughs> doesn't but doesn't be... it just, it blows your mind that, yeah. you know, we're talking to each other from the other side of the world. I know I probably sound like a really old granny right now, <laughs> but, you know, tech tech just it, it explodes my mind how, how we can have these connections and how the world becomes such a small place because of the technology that we have. Um, and I think that's been just so apparent to all of us um, in the last sort of 18 months, two years, and yeah. in how we've been able to hold on to our connections um, b- through the fact that, that, that we have access to this amazing technology. No, I agree. I am constantly in awe of technology. And <laughs> yes, I, I will say to my husband, oh, my gosh, did you know? the phone can do this and (laughs) like I'm crazy like yeah I think everybody knew that but I don't know I'm constantly blown away by it but happy to have you here and thank you talk about yoga actually kind of almost the opposite of tech maybe (laughs) removing ourselves from Mm -hmm. the fast-paced busy world and all those connections maybe and kind of finding finding more of our inner solace or whatever you would want to call it. So mm. I would love to hear specifically what led you to become a yoga teacher in the first place and just a bit about your background. Um, amazing. Um, it, it's it's kind of a, a story that, that spans uh, a few decades, actually. Mm. Um, I, I began my career in the spa industry uh, when I was 16 years old. Um, I began as a hairdresser. I then trained as a beauty therapist. So I, I was a, a, a masseuse and I did facials and nails and all, all that kind of beauty type stuff. And when I was in my mid-20s, I owned three beauty salons here in Scotland. I had two in Edinburgh and one in Glasgow. And as the owner... I believed at that time that I had to do everything. The only person who was going to be able to do things in my businesses uh, the way I wanted it was me. So I was the owner, the receptionist, the therapist, the accountant. I was the HR person. More on a daily basis, I was the the sort of mummy to, um, I think at that time I had about 30 people working with me. So I was sort of um, mother hen and, you know, the sounding board for all the dramas that go with hairdressers and beauty therapists. Um, and I loved having the businesses, but I didn't realize how much of my business was me until I got to my sort of mid thirties and I got really sick. And Mm -hmm. as a result of that illness, I lost everything. And when I say everything, I mean, I lost my, my business. I had to file for bankruptcy. I lost my home, any money that I'd earned in the previous decade. I lost my health, I definitely lost my sanity <laughs> for a little while. Um, and, and it saw the end of a, a 16 year relationship as well. And looking back, of course, I can see now 
that I, I wasn't happy with the life I had made for myself, but I was too stubborn or perhaps I was too foolish. I'm not sure. It could, it could have been a combination of both to do anything about it. So as a result of this, this massive loss in my life, I, I actually took myself abroad to work. Um, I moved to the Maldives and I found myself in my mid-30s living on a tiny sandbank in the Indian Ocean, wondering if I could support myself, make friends, um, interact with the world, because my entire adult life had been with someone else. Um, up until the age of 16, I was with my family. And then from the age of 16 till my mid thirties, I was with my partner. So all of a sudden I'm this, uh, I felt middle-aged, <laughs> middle-aged women, uh, having to like create a life for myself. And I didn't know who I was, Brooke, at that time. I didn't know what I liked, the, the kind of music, the foods, the, the people that I wanted to be around because I'd always been influenced by someone else. So there I was on this tiny sandbank working as a training manager for a group of spas. And in the role that I, I took on out there, I would often interact with the yoga teachers in each of the, the hotels, each of the sites. And I practiced yoga as a teenager and in my 20s, but I was that, um, you know, you would call sort of like a weekday yogi. I'd rock up to class for an hour each week and then I'd wonder why I never seemed to experience the zen-like bliss that everyone else <laughs> seemed to. Mm. Um, you know, I sweated and swore my way through most of the classes. I was definitely more exasperated than euphoric <laughs> by the end of them. Um, and so a couple of years after I moved to the Maldives and, and sort of rediscovered yoga, I got set off on, on this yoga path. And I got set on that path by uh, a yogi. His name was Sri. Uh, he was from Sri Lanka. And I was doing an assessment with him one day because this was part of my job was to make sure everybody was was doing things to a certain standard. And I was doing this assessment and he just stopped in the middle of class and he looked at me and he said, Miss Lorna, it's time. And of course, when somebody says that to you, when you are the the, the manager for a large uh, group of people, you immediately think, oh my gosh, he's resigning. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, you can't leave me. And he was like, no, I'm not leaving you. You're leaving us. And I was like, whoa, do you know something that I don't know? <laughs> so I'm not going anywhere. I'm perfectly happy here. And he said, no, no, it's time. It's time for you to to go and 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 teach this. And I said, no, Sri, I can teach you. I can teach you how to massage. I can teach you how to run your business. I can teach you how to do the best facial, you know, of your life. But I'm not a yoga teacher. Mm. And he just, he put his hands up. He he did a little nod, and you know, as if to say, mm, okay. So less than six months after that conversation, I gave up my beautiful job in the Maldives. I moved to Thailand and I, I went to live on Koh Samui uh, to train as a yoga teacher. Wow. <laughs> I know. Um, so on that, on that tiny island, I, I began this incredible adventure uh, on my first yoga teacher training. It was a month on the island with about 30 other incredible women, um, many of whom I'm still connected with today, actually. And uh, at the time, I found the training brutal, uh, not just physically exhausting for me, but mentally exhausting because I was confronting the demons that I'd been carrying. Um, these demons of what I saw as my failure, my failure in my business, my relationship, 
I was constantly comparing myself to others. I had an Olympic class ability to only see the negative in every situation, even when there was no negative. If, if someone gave me a compliment on something that I'd done, I would outwardly nod and say thank you and inwardly go, well, they're just giving me that compliment because they feel sorry for me or they're just saying that because, you know, I, I don't even know why they would just say that. But I, I have this incredible talent for turning even the most beautiful situation into something negative. And <laughs> I sweated, I cried, I fell down physically and metaphorically but the whole time there was these amazing women and the connectedness of our practice that, that brought us all together and I fell in love with this way of living and yoga became not just something I do but something I try to embody in my life every day. Of course it wasn't just quite that simple. Uh, after I qualified I spent about a year where I avoided teaching yoga at all costs. I couldn't tell you why I would just avoid it. People would ask me, oh Lorna, I, I hear that you're a yoga teacher. And I'd say, yeah, yeah, I am. Would you teach me some yoga? I'd love to, but first let's do some Thai massage or mm. <laughs> let's do some stretching or let's, I would, I would do anything but teach the yoga. And it was uh, only when I was invited one night for dinner um, to a restaurant that was kind of up the side of this mountain. I was still in Thailand at the time. Um, and it was it was a proper death drop down the side of a cliff if you, you know, you, you put one foot wrong in the darkness. And so a group of friends were going to dinner. I wanted to go to the dinner, but they were going to a yoga class first. And I did not want to go to this yoga class because it was a yin yoga class. And at the time, I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to do yin yoga. It's slow. It's boring. It's for people who are a bit broken and old. And I'm none of these things. I don't want to do yin yoga. But I really wanted to go to the dinner. And I didn't want to do the, the walk to the restaurant on my own. So, uh, you know, OK, I'll go to the class and I'll give up this hour of my life. So off I went to this yin yoga class. And the only way that I can describe it, if you can have a picture in your head, you know, in the movies when the star of the movie has an epiphany, and I don't use that word lightly, there's angels singing, there's light shining on them. I had that moment in that yin yoga class. I was literally laying on a mat like, oh, <laughs> angels singing, going, this is what I've been missing. This is the, this is the part of me that I haven't honored ever in my life and this is what I'm going to teach people because I know this is what people need this is this is the part that we're so busy rushing and doing and and being active we just don't honor this yin side and I want to that's the message that I want to share and so after that yin yoga class um I I could not be stopped I would talk to dogs in the street about yoga if they would sit still <laughs> long enough <laughs> and and that was that was how my 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 business in my life uh transformed and I moved from from working in the spa world to to working in the yoga and wellness uh, scene if you will wow what a story that's incredible. Uh, something you wouldn't know about me because we just met, but I used to live in New York City and I subscribed to something called ClassPass at the time, which was yes. where, you know, do you guys have that too? We do. Yep. I know. Okay. Yeah. So it's for listeners who don't know, it's essentially where you sign up for 
this app and you pay per month and then you can experiment with different types of fitness classes, uh, spin studios, yoga, bar classes. I mean, really, it's all sorts of them. And it's great in a city like New York because there are studios just a couple blocks away from you at all times. So it's very exciting because you can you can try all these different things. So I used to be kind of, I guess I would call myself a cardio bunny before doing this, I was really into the elliptical at the gym, or I always thought I should be running or doing some form of cardio. So I got really into spin classes through this app. And then one day I decided I'd heard so much about yoga. I decided I should, I should just really take the plunge and go for it. Felt super scared and intimidated because <laughs> we see all these images of yoga, you know, headstands and flexibility. And I just didn't think I was going to be great at it. And so I was very nervous. I think it was a Friday, if I remember correctly. And I was a teacher at the time. I was exhausted. I just was dragging my feet going, but you had a penalty if you canceled. So I didn't want to be charged. I think it was $20 or something if I didn't show up. So I'm just dragging my feet getting to this class and I show up and everybody is getting these huge pillows and setting them up all around themselves. And this was not anything I had ever seen in a yoga photo before. So I was quite confused, but got the pillows that the instructor told me to get. And it turned out to be a yin yoga class, my very first mm. yoga class. And it couldn't have been at the a more perfect time with me being so exhausted. And I just loved it and felt so rejuvenated. Um, and had no idea that this was even a type of yoga practice at yep. the time. Because again, I don't think it's, maybe it is popular in yoga circles, but I think to those of us looking in on the outside, it's not the one you typically see like the Bikram or the different flow that you see going on. So can you describe for listeners that they've never heard of yin yoga? What is yin yoga? Um, Okay, so you've probably, uh, your listeners may be familiar with this. If you're not, there's a a concept that comes from Taoism, yin and yang, the idea that you have opposing forces in the world that complement each other. So for example, um, you wouldn't know light if you didn't experience darkness you wouldn't understand what happiness was if you'd never experienced sadness and so in this concept of yin and yang they're not absolutes uh, by the way uh, you you have to have an element of yin in your yang type uh, activities and and movements and behaviors and so on and, and vice versa but essentially, this idea of yin and yang can be translated to your body. So we have yang type activities and we have yin activities. So if you think of yang as being energetic, like you were talking about, you know, going to your spin class, moving a uh, hundred miles an hour, the yang qualities that we embody are where your energy is flowing outwards. Yin qualities, on the other hand, yin is, it's considered feminine. It relates to the moon. Um, It uh, is heavy, darkness. Um, It's yielding. It sits low to the ground. These are are just some of the qualities that can be attributed to yin. And in our body, 
we have what are considered yin and yang tissues. Now, again, remember that these concepts are not absolute and they're they're all very contextual. So to say that something is entirely yin or entirely yang wouldn't be a, a, a correct use of the, the terminology because it depends on the context in which you're, you're talking about them. But in the terms of yoga, our yang tissues would be the likes of our muscles, very elastic, very stretchy, um, very movable, pliable parts of our body. Our yin tissues, on the other hand, would be the likes of our ligaments, tendons, um, our fascia. You may have heard that term fascia before. This is a, it's like a, a network, almost like a mesh of tissue that runs through our body. And it's in, on and around everything inside of us, running in one continuous sheet um, throughout our body. So yin tissues in your body react differently to yang tissues. So what works for your muscles, what feels good for your muscles actually, will not feel good for these yin type of tissues. And that means that they respond more to slow stillness. Um, they, they need time, these tissues, to um, adapt to the new shape that you're making or, you know, w- w- whatever, whatever position you're holding. You have to allow these tissues time to either lengthen or indeed strengthen in some cases. So yin yoga from the outside, and this was my perception, as I said in in the story earlier, (laughs) yin yoga from the outside looks incredibly boring and easy because Mm. you just sit there. Well, you don't do anything. You just, you know, you're just in this pose and you know, you hold it for three minutes, five minutes. In some cases, you actually hold poses up to 20 minutes. Oh, boring, right? <laughs> what people don't realize about yin is there's so much going on in that two or three minutes. There's probably three responses that are the most common when you first begin yin, uh, yin practice. The first one is to experience all kinds of chatter in your head because as human beings, we are never still and we are never silent. There is always something going on to distract us from the internal world. We've got our phones, computers, we're talking to someone. Um, if you're anything like in my house, the TV's usually on while you're texting and there's probably someone on a laptop somewhere. We're just constantly in noise in our life. And so when you come to the yoga mat in yin yoga and even being still for a couple of minutes can seem like an eternity because you're not used to it. But in that time, your mind will start to say things like, this isn't yoga. I've been to a yoga class before. I've seen yoga on YouTube. This is not yoga. When are we going to move from this pose? When are we coming out of this? There will be all kinds of stuff trying to pull you out of that silence because silence is really uncomfortable. Silence and stillness, super uncomfortable. The second thing that can happen when you come to the mat and practice your yin yoga is you will want to change something. So as you hold the pose, you're invited to come to something that is usually described as your edge. I believe it was Bernie Clark that first coined that term. He's one of the the sort of leading voices in yin yoga. And you're invited to come to your edge. Your edge is the first point of resistance that you feel in your body. So whatever shape you're taking, there'll be that moment where you either want to push through it or you you surrender to it. And so you come to that edge and your edge is uncomfortable. It's not pleasant to be in that space. 
So the natural thing for human beings is to want to move away from discomfort. But in yin yoga, you're encouraged to stay in the discomfort and to not make changes and to not move away, but rather to breathe, to get still and to allow that discomfort to pass. And then you might be able to move a little bit deeper. You might be able to to do more. Uh, Mm. The third thing that often happens in yin yoga (laughs) is as you're holding the pose and the time is ticking by and it's ticking by, you know, pretty slowly in most cases, (laughs) you'll just collapse and go, oh, it's too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. You just give up. I can't hold this for the three minutes or I can't do this for the time. And you come out of the posture. Now, each of these three responses in yin yoga is something that it will happen to everyone. It happens to me even to this day. I still have practices where all three of those things can happen at one time. But the the point of this is that what's happening on the mat is a direct reflection of how you're dealing with life. So if discomfort in life comes up, are you pulling away from it or are you leaning into it? If something gets too challenging for you, do you just give up and walk away? Or is the mental chatter in your mind stopping you from doing the things that you were meant to do. So all of these lessons that come to you in your your yin practice can can be taken off the mat and and used to to great effect to guide your your life. Um so from the outside this still practice this <laughs> this seemingly nothing's happening on a a sort of psychological and a physical level so much is taking place and then from that physical perspective when you're holding any kind of posture for a time and relaxing your muscles and that's the key thing in in yin yoga is it's not about stretching muscles it's actually about affecting these deeper tissues the connective tissues and therefore your muscles are relaxed and and in fact yin is often practiced when your body is cold very counterintuitive a lot of people don't really understand this as a, a concept when they first start how can i stretch when i'm cold well you're not stretching um stretching would be be the wrong terminology for it you're uh, creating stress and compression consciously on joints and parts of your body in order to create a long-term change. And the only way that you can do that is by holding the position for a length of time. So in this stillness, there's physical changes, there's mental changes taking place. And it's not only for the time that you hold it, but these changes continue to happen in your body for hours, days, sometimes even weeks after, after the practice. Wow. So if someone is having, let's say, joint pain, back pain, is yin yoga something to try? That would depend very much on on the situation. As as with Mm. everything, when it comes to any kind of physical practice, it comes down to the, the condition of the individual. Um, yes, yin can be very beneficial when people are suffering from pain because pain in your body quite often comes from tissues that have got stuck 
um, that are unable to move in, in the way that they were designed to move. And we get stuck, our bodies get stuck. If I can use the example, because most of us nowadays are sitting in front of computers, we're at desks, we're, we're, doing, um, we're, we're doing a lot more sort of keyboard time, I think, than, than we ever did in, in our, our, our past history. And because we're sitting for maybe, for some of us, it's eight to 10 hours a day, you're essentially, that's like a yin pose, when you're sitting in your chair for all that time, there's changes taking place in your body. Your tissues are getting stuck together. They're not moving in the way that they should. Uh, fascia quite often builds up in places like around your joints, for example. When you don't use them, it builds up to protect you. And unless you move, it will keep building up and keep building up and, and cause more restrictions in your body. So when you're sitting at your desk, a lot of the pain that you might be experiencing, say in your lower back or around your shoulders, could very well be because you have restrictions in these connective tissues, the fascia and so on. And so coming to a yin yoga class can be really beneficial for that. If on the other hand, your pain is coming from something like, uh, say, for example, you've had a, a disc issue, um, you've had surgery, um, you know, it, it's something that, that perhaps has um, a sort of deeper background to it. Yin may be a good thing to support other uh, practices that you're doing, but I would probably say that restorative yoga might be more the route to go down. And that that's something that I, I I think that lots of people mistake yin yoga for restorative yoga and they believe that it basically the two terms are interchangeable and I've seen people have come to yin classes in the past they say oh I went to yin because I had this problem and it just made it worse well yeah it probably did <laughs> there, mm. there's a big difference between um your yin practice and and, and restorative yoga so the fact that the two are interchangeable is 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 unfortunate and it does lead to a lot of um, misunderstanding. Um, it's a really interesting comparison actually to make because different people will give you different answers uh, when, when you, you're asked the question, what's the difference between these two? I can only share the understanding I have and how I differentiate between them in my own teachings. But essentially both yin and restorative classes are physically similar and they're, they're, they're actually complementary to each other. Um, they both use long-held postures. They both make use of props like uh, blocks, blankets, bolsters. Um, both of these practices are essentially floor-based and they invite you to rest, relax and spend time with yourself. But the main defining feature for me for restorative yoga is that in restorative, you need to be completely comfortable, almost as though you could fall asleep. You're going to use props to support your body in a way that leaves you completely undistracted by any physical sensation. You're completely at ease when you're practicing restorative. Um, I think it was uh, BKS Iyengar that wrote in one of his books that restorative yoga is a passive form of healing. So it's perfect if you're injured or dealing with trauma. Um, and it's a really powerful antidote to stressful, fast-paced modern life because it directly influences your nervous system. But as I said a few moments ago, in yin practice, you're exploring this thing that's that's referred to as your edge. 
And it's our natural tendency to want to sort of push through any resistance that we meet or indeed run away from it. But the key to yin is in allowing this discomfort to be present. So you're using your breath, your body weight, gravity to surrender to this and allow your tissues to release um, while using the props to support you but not make you completely comfortable. Um, if I can put it this way, the edge shouldn't be painful or unbearable, but let's just say you're not going to be napping through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so understanding that, 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 that these two things are not only very closely linked, but they're also really complementary to each other. And you might find in a yin yoga class that there is some restorative aspect to it, but they are completely different practices when when you think about it that way and ultimately it is about um being completely sort of relaxed and 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 not affected by any sensations or discomfort in your body that's your restorative side but in yin yoga you're actually looking for that discomfort you want to get to a point where it feels a little bit uneasy to be in this pose not to the point where you're trembling or you know holding on white knuckled to maintain the posture but just enough that you can get a sense of what's going on in your body that there there's just that little bit of resistance and then finding ways to move through it and and it is that combination i keep coming back to this breath body weight and gravity do all of the work for you not your muscles not your sheer force of will <laughs> you're surrendering and you're allowing these forces of nature breath gravity and a little bit of body weight to make magic happen as you're talking about it I could be completely off base here but I'm kind of thinking (laughs) of massages and different types of massage whereas you may go to get a massage and want to experience zero pain at all and just have the most relaxing experience Mm. or you may go and get more of like a deep tissue massage where there's some discomfort but it still can be relaxing in a way. It's just, does that make any sense? That yeah, analogy? no, I think that's a really nice analogy, actually. Yeah, and and I think that that can be said for uh, the entire uh, sort of playbook of yoga because yoga has developed so much, even in the 20 years since uh, I, I have done my original training or, or even sort of 30 odd years since I started practicing yoga has has developed and and evolved so much especially for us in the west and in some ways it's a good thing maybe in other ways I don't know I feel like sometimes yoga gets a little bit diluted but there's just so many options for how to practice yoga and so when I hear people say to me sometimes I I I I get quite sad actually when I hear people say things like uh, I, I can't practice yoga. I'm not flexible enough or I can't practice yoga. I'm I'm too old or I'm, I'm not built for yoga. That's one that oh just always blows my mind when people say I'm not built for yoga. And yet there's so many ways to access yoga and so many styles of yoga that you can try. And yin yoga is not a, an, an and or if I can put it that way. Yin yoga is the complement. Remember, let me take you back to yin and yang. Yin and yang are these complementary, these opposing forces, but they can't survive without each other. And it's no different in our lives. We can hustle and grind as much as we want if that's your natural personality. It sure is mine. I mean, I I am like the most yang human being you could ever come across. 
but you've got to have a little of that insight to balance it out. And oftentimes we, we're attracted to the things that are, are like us. In fact, human beings, it's, in, in modern psychology, we know this. Human beings, we like people that we think are like us. Well, we do the same things with our activities as well. We like the things that, that match our, our sort of personality. And mm-hmm. so for me, you know, my, my hobbies are like, I, <laughs> I pole dance and I, I go to flying trapeze classes. Uh, I'm, I'm a really high energy human. I love anything. I rock climb and I, I, I hike and, and that's wonderful. And there's no reason that I have to stop doing any of those things, but they need to be tempered with a little of that yin stuff, that stillness, that inward turning, that conserving of energy rather than constantly putting it out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think that that that's the perfect analogy is that, that, you know, there's loads of different types of massage. There's loads of different types of yoga. And you've got to find the one that really resonates with you because there's no point in going to a yoga class that you absolutely hate and you're dragging yourself to it every week because you think it's the right thing to do. God, you shouldn't be spending your time doing anything that you think is the right thing to do. You should be loving that time that you spend on your yoga mat. So you've got to find the right class. You've got to find the right person that inspires and motivates you. And when you do, immerse yourself in it. But don't just settle at the first class that you go to and think, oh, I didn't really get on well with that yin yoga. I didn't like it. So all yoga is now off the table. We'll go to another class and, and find the thing that's right for you. But remember... <laughs> You will always be attracted to the things that you are most familiar with and you are most comfortable with. And it may not be the thing that you need most in this world. (laughs) That's such a good point. And I think maybe somebody's hearing that and thinking they're more kind of the active person Mm -hmm. like you are. Maybe they've always been drawn to the more yang forms of yoga where you're sweating and you're whole, you know, doing Mm -hmm. more of the flow and then to kind of allow the idea to have a more yin or restorative practice enter your life to create that balance. Yeah. 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 It's exactly right. Is it possible? I know you mentioned the blankets, the bolsters, the blocks. Mm. There's a lot of equipment I know that can come with yoga, even the more kind of flow practice. Is it possible to do yin yoga at home without those Absolutely. Different props. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. How do you do that? Because yeah. I'm very intrigued by this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the the props in Yin Yoga, as I mentioned earlier, they're they're used to support the practice, but they're not unlike restorative. They they're not the the crux of the practice. So you can still move into Yin poses, but. You, you don't need to have things that support you or you can use other things things that might surprise you actually if you're if you're doing yin yoga at home um just actually a really good example of this um is if you're working from home and you have a, a sofa or a chair in your your living room and you're practicing your yoga um, maybe you're doing, uh, there, there's something in yin yoga called a butterfly pose where you're in a seated position, you bring the soles of the feet together and you allow your knees to melt out towards the, the floor. The idea then is to let your head 
chin curl towards your chest you just kind of roll downwards and you allow gravity to pull your body down you come to this butterfly position now oftentimes people need support under their thighs because their knees might be quite high away from the floor maybe they don't feel completely comfortable to allow their head to come all the way down uh, you know, towards the floor. So if you've got a couch or a chair in your living room, turn towards that couch and you can actually just rest your forehead on the edge of your couch. So you don't have to lean too much into that, um, into that pose. You can then use your hands, just tucking them under your thighs and just let your hands support your legs a little as you rest your head. And you're, you're going to be in a perfect position to hold that yin pose for two, three minutes, maybe even longer than that. And what most people then find is that as they relax, and, and indeed this will happen with props as well, Brooke, as your body relaxes, as these tissues begin to soften and yield, you actually have to move the props anyway. Oftentimes, people will start off using a prop because their body's not quite ready for the position that they're going into. But after a couple of breaths, they think, oh, actually, I could go a little bit deeper. So maybe a block gets moved a little bit lower and then eventually it gets put to one side because you don't need it anymore. So, no, ultimately, you don't need anything, any fancy equipment or, or anything else. Um, if you are working from home, simplest thing is to have a couple of rolled up towels or a cushion or two next to you. And that will be more than enough for you to support your body in, in the in practice. So you'd just be able to kind of tell if a pose isn't, I mean, you shouldn't be hurting, right? So mm -hmm. if something's causing you to go too deep, you would maybe mm -hmm. just put the rolled towel under your knees or under your head or something. You would kind of sense when you would need that or? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and most of the time you would need the support at the beginning of the posture. When, whenever mm. you first go into it, that's when your body needs the support because you're making this new shape. This new shape might be something that's unfamiliar. It's not something that, it's not a way that you've moved before. It's not a position that you've held before. So your your body, you'll get a sense that your body needs that, um, that little bit of extra. And I say support because I don't really like to use the word help because I think help sounds a little bit like well there's something wrong with you you're somehow weak if you need to use these things and it's just not the case at all it's just where your body's at right now it actually it, it makes me think of a, a, a some, something else that comes up for me often when I'm speaking to people about yin yoga is we we generally have this 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 very backwards mindset actually that if you use props or or support in any way in your yoga practice you must somehow be doing something wrong or your body's not good enough to do the practice the only way that you're doing yoga right is if you don't use props and and that's just that's just utter nonsense it's just not right I use props even to this day. I, I'm a yoga teacher. And in, you know, first thing in the morning when I sit on my yoga mat, I've got I've got uh, blankets rolled up under my thighs. I sit on a block to raise my hips a little bit higher than my knees because it allows my spine to extend far more easily than if I'm sitting flat on the floor. So support is what your body needs and part of the journey of yoga in any form not just yin yoga but part of the journey is to become sensitive to what your body needs to think a little bit less and start to feel a lot more and as you become sensitive 
to the sensations and the needs and and what's going on on the inside of your body it makes you much stronger when you come to do all these wonderful yang things that that bring us so much fun you're less likely to be injured you're you're more likely to um to pull back instead of pushing through something you know um that that could eventually lead to injury it just it makes it just makes you better in every way when you are giving yourself the time and the space to really listen to what's going on on the inside the internal landscape is just it's a fascinating place to be I, you know Brooke I, I don't know whether you're the same as me I, I've been a traveler for for over the last sort of 10 or 12 years and I love traveling the world I love exploring our world it's a fascinating place but you know what there is nothing more vast and incredible. And, and I tell you what, <laughs> there's no way I can explore it all in this lifetime. The internal landscape is mm-hmm. this great adventure and we all have this opportunity to, to go there, but so many of us don't. You know, the outside world, amazing, love it. You know, enjoy all the adventures that I have there, but there is no bigger adventure than turning inwards and exploring what's inside. That's a really cool way to put it. And it may kind of go along with your response to my last question. Maybe not, but I ask every guest, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I'm firstly drawn to the word investment um, investment by definition is usually attributed to money, right? The the process of investing money for profit so that you can ensure present and future financial security. But to me, health and wealth, they have to be synonymous. You can't be wealthy unless you have your health. And I think that we should all learn to view our health as an investment, not as an expense or even a luxury. Um, You know, you can have all the money, all the stuff in the world, but none of it's worth a damn if you don't have your health to enjoy it. And there's so many simple things that are an investment in yourself that you might not even consider them as such. Eat well, exercise regularly, surround yourself with people who inspire you, motivate you, support you, because, you know, each of us have this little life. It's a precious gift. And I don't believe that any of us were put here on this earth to work all the hours tapping away at a keyboard, watching the world from behind a desk. So invest in yourself every day, whether it's deliberately creating a few minutes of pause, maybe it's buying the good veggies from the corner shop or just spending time with the people that light you up. Um, As the famous shampoo ad says, you're worth it. Yeah. I love that. I also love that you just mentioned a corner shop to get the veggies. That just makes me think of Europe and makes me want to travel there. (laughs) I'm picturing these mega stores we have in the United States. I mean, I know you have those as well, but um, yeah, I love that. I love that visual that you've, I just, you've just you've got this picture of Scotland now of <laughs> exactly. lots of tartan and corner shops that's it that is basically Scotland <laughs> that, now I want to go to Scotland and I just I love the little quaint villages and towns I mean so you, beautiful you there, are but. so welcome I would take you to buy veggies at my corner shop uh, if you come to visit me in Scotland 
done done <laughs> well the invitation love- it's formal it's formal <laughs> uh, it, be careful what you say because i've been known to take people up on these things <laughs> well i'd love if you could share where listeners can follow and find you uh yes so i am on social media on facebook and instagram and you can find me at lorna green yoga or you can also find me on my website, which is lornagreenyoga.life. And there, there's uh, all kinds of ways in which you can uh, get to know more about my work. Uh, you can join me in my virtual studio. You can work with me one-to-one. And I have lots and lots of, uh, I, I'm always sharing blogs and tips and videos on YouTube and so on. So you can find me there too. Yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm all over the place. I told you this technology makes the world really small. <laughs> it does. It really does, especially when used the right way for connection, you know, and indeed less comparison, more connection and mm. just so cool that we can again be speaking across the world it's just blows my mind every day but I love it (laughs) I'm so grateful that you spoke with us today and shared all of your wisdom and I can't wait to do more yin yoga myself you've really (laughs) demystified the practice and I'm excited about it wonderful it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for giving me the opportunity to to share my my perspectives on such a a a broad subject and I do hope that it has encouraged you to roll out your yoga mat (laughs) I know I I will definitely be doing that more um just thanks again Lorna I'll connect with you off air and I'm sure listeners will as well amazing amazing thank you again Brooke well that's all for today Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.